0: We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Welcome to Press Play, a Euphony podcast and powered by Yamaha Headphones. And while we're at it, welcome to Press Play's first episode for 2022. Tiana Speedy, your host here back with you and you know what that means. Starting up again today every week, join me, my co-host Andrew Mast, our regular Steve Bell and an epic lineup of artists and figures from around the industry to dive into all things new music, from new releases to pop culture moments turning our heads right now. Now, today's episode will be a tad different to our usual proceedings, given we are now over midway through January. Today on Press Player, we're going to take a look not only at new releases for this week, but also take a look back at a few releases that have happened so far this year as well. Some you may have missed, some you may have already devoured 20 times over. And in that theme, our guest artist for today is someone who was finally able to release his brand new album a few weeks back, Today, I am joined by Angus Stone from Dope Lemon as well to unpack all the details about his brand new album, Rose Pink Cadillac. As always, any songs or artists that we mention today will also be added into the mix on our Spotify mixtape. Search for the Press Play mixtape on Spotify, or you can head to our show notes on our website at euphony.com.au to find and follow and rip into some nifty new releases. Love music, press play. Well, let's kick things off with a look back through some of the brand new albums and EPs that are either releasing this week or have already dropped in 2022 so far. Well, to kick things off in 2022 for Press Play, first up, we'll be taking a look at albums and EPs. Now, some that are releasing specifically this week, but to change it up a little bit, considering it's our first week back for press play, we're also going to take a look at some that dropped while press play was on a break. And it's already been an extremely sturdy and star-studded start to the year, both at home and overseas. So first up, for anyone living under a rock, Canadian Superstar The Weeknd hit fifth album territory back in the first week of January, with Dawn FM featuring narration by Jim Carrey, spoken word moments from Quincy Jones and a horde of guest vocals and elite producers and rumours of an Angelina Jolie reference on the song Here We Go Again. MTV claims there's a song for every mood on the album, NME praised the album's hope and The Guardian has spruiked its display of absolute pop prowess. And another newbie that dropped recently, a mini album via a joint effort between Aussie's Lime Cordial and Hollywood powerhouse Idris Elba titled, unsurprisingly, Cordy Elba. Elba has previously jumped up on stage with the Sydney duo and this mini album was actually recorded while Elba was in town filming a movie. It's jaunty. It's a true partnership with all the usual twists of Lime that you would expect. And also so far this year, FKA Twigs has released her new mixtape, Capra Songs. I genuinely hope I am saying that right. I assumed it's a reference to the fact it was released during Capricorn season and right around FKA Twigs' birthday. But I digress, Capra Songs is a mammoth 17-track release that sees the eclectic artist teaming up with the likes of The Weeknd, Shy Girl, Daniel Caesar, and many, many others. And similar to The Weeknd's new album, there's a horde of additional producers on deck for the mixtape, and FKA Twigs summed it up as being about togetherness and a snapshot of her world. But before I get deeper into some other albums from this week and the past few weeks, I'd better introduce my co-host, Euphony's head of music, Andrew Mast. He's back with me once again. Masty, happy new year and happy new music.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry you couldn't shake me over the summer break. I am <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, it's in reverse. You got you stuck with me now We're in two days. <laughs> Well, Masty, let's kick off with some reviews here. What album will be will you be looking at first today? Wow.
2: Um, i'm looking at grace cummings storm queen this one came out last week as you said there was uh, quite a few albums came out while we were on hiatus all i can say from the get-go is what a voice from the opening note and literally i mean the opening note you were drawn in by the lived in rawness of grace cummings voice Hey. Uh, this Australian singer started out as a drummer. She's also an accomplished stage actor, having worked with Melbourne's theatre company, no less. That's as good as it gets here in Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> this album is nothing less than genius. It grabs you from that opening track and does not let go. And I'm not the only one being stunned by Cummings musical prowess the Guardian wrote as Cummings launched into heaven spines began tingling a voice powerful enough to pound granite into dust and heaven is that trap that's the one that opens this album um her voice has also grabbed the attention of Mojo, Pitchfork, NPR and Billboard amongst a whole host of other international media if you haven't heard of it yet get on board Storm Queen is brittle its production is stark It's all about capturing Cummings' unique voice and just letting it have the space to exist. I'm really struggling to articulate just how special this album is. There are moments like in The Piano Ballad Dreams where you're just left gasping in awe. And then that's followed up with the folky "Up in Flames," and it feels like a, a warm old favourite from from the from the first note again. I guess really all I'm saying is just listen to this; like you cannot go wrong with this one, and an absolutely amazing start to the year.
1: Oh, I agree, and I, I'm with you from that first outset I was just in heaven like once you hear Grace's voice it is genuinely impossible to forget and for me Storm Queen felt like a whiskey-fueled moody and broody piece of cinema as you said rawness as well there's rawness there's grit striking instrumentation she's an absolute powerhouse who will give you goosebumps but also calm you in the blink of an eye and I was not ready for the track this day in May. It's drawn similarities to Lena Cohen's "Hallelujah" online, and for very good reason. This is a swooning, sprawling, and unforgettable album. What a way to start twenty twenty two! My God.
2: And and you're right. The, the comparisons to Lena Cohen. All the comparisons with her Are to these absolute classic voices Like Bob Dylan Mm -hmm. and and so forth And yeah, it's just You have to hear this album It is incredible And I, I feel ashamed that I slept on her And hadn't heard the first album But I'm going back now And listening to everything I can get my hands on
1: Well, I'm glad it was one That we could kick off today's episode And I've got an Aussie To kick us off today as well It was released late last week I am talking about the debut album This one dropped by Resist Records in Australia and Sharp Tone for the rest of the world. And with this one, we might be in first album territory for Pride Lands, but Light Benz is such a slick and well-oiled machine. You would be forgiven for thinking this is an outing from a veteran band. So for the uninitiated or those who like genre labels, I'm not one of them, but here we go. Pride Land definitely sits within the metalcore trope, but what we see differently on their first ever full length compared to their well-received 2018 EP, Any Color You Desire, we've got leveled up songwriting, finesse performances, and just an ability to really mix madness with melodics. And there is some next level mixing by George Lever, who has also worked with bands like Sleep Token and Thornhill, Case in Point, the track The Lake of Twisted Limbs. It is just a masterclass in modern metalcore, but the entire album plays with tempo shifts, menace and magic, and it wields more energy than that red ball you swore isn't yours in the back of your fridge. First album territory done absolutely right.
2: Look, I have to agree with you that this sounds like a veteran band at, Mm. at their best. Really impressed with the production on this. Right from the opening track, I reach into your heart, they build this really sonically diverse and ominous atmosphere. And, of course, as you know with me, my preference is always for the more reserved moments of the album. So, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll stick with, you know, that first half of Safe Is Here, which is just a shimmering um, sound to it. But, mm. um, and I'm glad you also took note of um, the Lake of Twisted Limbs because I think it's going to take a lot to top that as the song title of 2022 already
1: oh absolutely and you know we love a good song title like that we always like a memorable one but marcy (laughs) i believe you have another aussie and it's one that is releasing this week what's up next for you yeah look i've
2: always believed it's a good time of the year for independent local albums to drop while there's a lull in big name releases you can grab some attention that might not otherwise be available at other times because you know basically from february to november release schedules are stuffed full of marquee names putting out albums Though, as you mentioned earlier, you can uh, you can get an unexpected release like the weekend, who by stealth dropping last week blocked poor old dope lemon from his first ever solo number one. So you
1: know, sad feels there. But we will touch on that later this episode. You're a psychic.
2: <laughs> but that brings us to uh, slow release uh, by Golden Age of Ballooning's Jack Brack. This is a great time for him to be releasing. I was really impressed that Brat took out the GW McLennan Fellowship back in 2019. That's that's one of the top honours in Australian music. And this album offers up all the reasons why. This is polished pop rock that has the confidence and ease that absolutely belies its status as a first solo offering. There are tracks like Spades, This This Is A Low, Everything And More, The Outsider. And you hear them, and I'm thinking like classic musicians like Ice House, Crowded House, 10 cc but while other cuts spark comparisons to contemporary acts like jared james and the aforementioned dope lemon uh, highlights for me are london which just should be on radio right now <laughs> if anyone any uh anyone out there is listening yeah, the- Um, And The Unrecovered Romantic, which just showcases Brat's combination of songwriting, singing, playing and arrangement skills all in one perfect spot.
1: Well, Masti, I'm secretly really stoked you covered this one. I have to put cards on the table. I do know Jack and have been a big admirer of what he's been doing for a fair while now, but he's obviously got such incredible chops and the team on this release is just extra levels of awesome. He's got Matt Bartlam, who is generally an Aussie superstar. He's on mastering duties for this one. And as you did touch on, Jack is not a new face or a name, but this is his debut full length. We've got another debut full length from someone who just feels like they've been doing this forever in really? you know this capacity. And it is such a gold class standard that rasp cleaved in with some sublime smoothness on tracks like Will You Ever or I personally did love the affable body language as well. But yeah, if Jack doesn't snag even more significant industry attention after this release, there is something wrong with the universe, but this is just a polished and downright delectable release. So excellent choice. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how this uh, will interpret itself in a live situation. Mm. Um, Yeah, so an exciting one to start the year.
1: Absolutely. Well, my second album review is one that is also releasing this week. And it's a little bit different to the album I touched on previously, but I'm a talking bit. about like, <laughs> yeah, okay, a, fair, a fair bit, but someone I love equally. So I'm talking about The Gods We Can Touch, aka the new album from Norwegian songstress Aurora. So I fell head over heels for Aurora. I always liked her, but then I finally caught her live at Laneway Fest back in 2017, I think it was, and I'd always adored it, but there was just this sublime magic emanating off the stage that day. And fast forward to the start of 2020, which feels like 20 years ago, but a mere few weeks before the pandemic really ramped up and I copped a listen to the track Exist for Love in my Spotify Discover playlist. And it took me from them until now to pick my jaw up off the floor at how utterly mesmerizing that track was, but... The final result for Aurora's fourth album, The Gods We Can Touch, includes that song, of course, but there's a heap of others too. We've got the TikTok beloved Runaway, we've got Giving Into The Love and more recently the otherworldly charmer that is Heathens. That
3: is
4: why we live like heathens.
1: So unsurprisingly, this latest chapter for Aurora is everything you would expect. It's celestial, it's elegant, there's plenty of ballads, but there's also this little bit of glistening edge. She's always got this little bit of sharpness underpinning her lush charm and I just always absolutely adore that. And as an extra fun fact for any history nerds out there like myself, the entire album is told through a lens of Greek mythology with each of the 15 songs corresponding to a different Greek god or goddess. So this one's an immersive and luscious spiritual doorway between humans and the gods, and Aurora absolutely achieves god-tier beauty with this one. At least that's my humble opinion.
2: I I did not know that uh, about the uh, Greek mythology. Look, I've never been able to shape the Enya comparisons when it comes to Aurora, and that, (laughs) I I have to flag this, I have Enya's watermark in my collection, so that's not a diss. (laughs) (laughs) i feel like with the recent single everything matters she elevated it further to kate bush comparisons and bush is one of my all-time favorites so i don't say that lightly Um, and given there have been six strong singles already from this album um it's no surprise that this 15 track release just doesn't drop the ball anywhere along the way aurora keeps landing track after track and then midway through you hit with the rush that is for me the the best track here the innocent with its playful piano eerie backing vocals big strings and and dance floor ready beat and Mm. there's actually so much more diversity of sounds on the album than i i probably you know uh insinuate by comparing it to Enya and Kate push <laughs> but yeah it's it's um 15 tracks when I see that I'm like oh no but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it actually like, yeah. it flew by I, yeah. I was like oh I actually wasn't ready for it to be over so you're absolutely bang on
2: never lags at any point
1: mm, absolutely and Marstie we do have one more album before we cross to our guest reviewer for today it is our first feature album of 2022 and It is a remix album, but we are still counting it because it has had such a facelift. So we couldn't get our hands on it ahead of time, so it's a bit of a preview. But, Marcia, we're talking Butterfly 3001 from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited about this because I think the three tracks that have already dropped promise us a really super exciting set and just... um, I know you're going to give it a bit, a bit of a preview. I've got to say I got very excited to see that Peaches was involved. Big fan of Peaches, seen every tour, even sat through her, um, uh, her one-person version of Jesus Christ Superstar, which blew my mind. Oh, my
4: God. So
2: very excited to hear what she did to it. And, of course, she had a unique take on the whole process and wanting to treat the task literally she stated that she wanted to make the title track Butterfly 3000 sound like a lizard. And (laughs) and by that she meant slippery wet and scaly dry. God, I love beaches. Um, Indeed, she's turned this floaty dream pop track from the last album into an epic electro exploration of sharp beats with the vocals pushed to the fore, basically mutating it into a whole new track at the 2 minute mark. And I think that's what we're going to get from here. We're going to get a whole new album. So it's not going to be like just another remix album. It's going to be like a whole new album, don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I'm liking, what I'm seeing so far is that it's not just like a straight start to finish remix. Like we've got multiple versions of songs which Metallica actually did last year with their black album as well to celebrate the anniversary. So this is Technically, King is his eighteenth album, which you know isn't shocking when you know the backstory to what they do, but oh, I think we're going to of... say eighteenth this year. You know, even oh, two weeks maybe in. it is this week. <laughs> <laughs> I have to recheck my research, but I think like obviously last year Butterfly Three Thousand came out. It brought some synthie dream pop vibes. There was already a nineteenth full length album. I think it made in Timeland that was going to happen beyond their set to record at the Timeland Festival, which was of course cancelled at the eleventh hour. Sadly, a narrative we know too well, but. This is, as I said, their first official remix album, but they haven't just phoned it in. As you mentioned, we've got Peaches, we've got DJ Shadow, we've got The Flaming Lips. We see some great strong Aussie names here as well with Confidence Man and Mall Grab. But it's a facelift of it. And I think the difference is this isn't just, oh, we're just going to take it and run with it. Like what they did at the time with the previous album, it was described as psychedelic. Psychedelic was used about three times in the press release in one sentence. So we get the point of what the original was. But that original album grew from arpeggiated loops composed on modular synths, and they were whipped up into that release. What we get this time around are people that took it and as you said, They've obliterated and deviated without losing the essence of it. And I know Peaches was a big highlight for you, but what I have been in love with so far, I have to admit, I'm a huge DJ Shadow fan, so no surprises. I loved their version of Black Hot Soup, just absolute sweaty grooves, and it builds on the source material. And there's so much character in this remix. I can practically see it sauntering down the hallway anytime I listen to it. It's that good. I don't know if you've got any other highlights that you've had, but I'm clearly a big bias fan of that one.
2: <laughs> it's crazy how DJ Shadow the track is. Like, yes. you know, it could it could come off a of DJ Shadow. I've also got to give a nod to. Um, the, the whimsical pop of Shanghai from the last album just lends itself almost too easily to the dub stylings of scientists. But just the fact that they landed the dub maestro is achievement enough and it shows you how uh, well looked up at, at you know, kinkies it are globally now. You see Flaming Lips and Damn Funk, you know, people like that, and you know, along with Peaches and DJ Shadow. They've pulled in some big names <laughs> to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be something.
1: Well, and I know they had said in the lead up to this, obviously, COVID probably played a big part in it, but they have put off doing a remix for a long time. But Butterfly 3001 really does expand on the source material. And another cute fact is that the artwork for Butterfly 3000 was also remixed by the artist Jason for this new album. And there are actually different variants named after some stunning butterfly species, ah. which is just entirely on brand. So Educational. Not so well- i don't know what any of them are called i'm gonna have to do my research but let's just say they're pretty and they work (laughs) well marcy before we move on from elms and ep so far in 2022 it is now time to bring in our guest reviewer for today's episode And the first cab off the rank for our 2022 Press Play guest reviewers, it is a big welcome back to Mr Mick Rad. Mick is, of course, the host of the Tuck Shop on Sydney's 2SER, a true champion of music, just a general champion of a person in general. Mick, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining Press Play once again.
5: Happy New Year, Tiana. It's great to be back at 2022. Feeling refreshed, feeling excited, invigorated, all that.
1: Yes, we're ready to roll. And I think what's been exciting for us, we've been allowed to deviate a little bit from the usual strict press, press play rules is we've actually opened it up to not just stuff that's released this week, but stuff that's kind of released in the weeks we've been off air. And you have an absolute cracker of an album for us today, Mick. Take it away. What have you got?
5: Well, usually, you know, I'm a big fan of Australian music, but then... You look at a band like the Wombats and you go, oh, wait a second. They're not Australian, are they? They're from Liverpool. But <laughs> we love them so very much here in Australia and they're here a lot that it's sort of a, we've inherited them. We've brought them into the family. Yes. Um, the Wombats have just released their fifth album, Fix Yourself, Not the World. And just when you'd usually expect bands to be maybe dipping in popularity a bit, maybe struggling for a sense of genre or musical direction, the Wombats have really hit this out of the park, and I reckon they're hitting a new high. Um, if we go back 20 years, almost 20 years now, the Wombats have been together. Um, they formed out of Liverpool from the Institute of Performing Arts there, thanks to Mr Paul McCartney. That's mm-hmm. his little performing arts school there. Um, and then they went out and released a bunch of VPs before hitting this, you know, huge song song, less stands to do a division which make them beloved over in England but also big time in Australia thanks to some heavy airplay from uh, little Triple J. Uh, but then they just started touring to Australia over and over again, and we just got to love them. Be, they, I think they've played pretty much every festival in Australia over the last 20 years, which is, um, just shows how much they're loved here. Uh, they've got that sprightly brand of sort of post-punk mixed with electric laden hooks, um, and it wasn't a new thing back in the early to mid '90s. In fact, you had bands like the Arctic Monkeys and Strokes and Muse and Killers, and they're all just going gangbusters. Uh, So they sort of struggled a little bit to get noticed out of that pack. But, you know, Australians just just always love them. So here we are, five albums later. And what's changed for the Wombats? Um, Some things really haven't. The original trio is still there. They're all still the three of them, same same core group that was there from the very, very beginning. Uh, They still have the same synergy and real passion and power, pop. Music that they've had for the last twenty years, um, they had a bit of a resurgence last year with the young crowd because they got a surprise remix of their Greek tragedy track from their twenty fifteen album Glitterbug, and it went viral on TikTok, and it just went gangbusters. They got millions and millions of plays, and all of a sudden they got a bit more notice over in the US. And Glitterbug actually went gold over there five years after its release. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of an interesting one. Yeah, you know, the power of TikTok, Adriana. Classic I never... TikTok. <laughs> so despite the trio living all around the world, you've got uh, Murph in LA and uh, you've got the bass player, Dan, who's over in uh, London and then Todd is in Oslo. They're all quite remote, but as the way we've seen, bands can make albums even when they're not all together. Uh, They brought in Jackknife Lee again, who's a huge producer, of course, working for U2 and Snow Patrol Killers at R.E.M. But then also a bevy of other producers, Gabe Simon, uh, Paul Meany, Mark Crewe, and they've brought together this album, which still sounds really fresh, despite this band being around for 20 years and having released five albums. It's got those elements of electronica and sort of disco pop in there that we really know from the Wombats, that real bouncy sound. Um, and, and the drums from Dan Haggis are just still pumping. Like It's just something about those drums that you just know that's the Wombats. Um, Now they had those lead singles that came out recently, if you ever leave, I'm coming with you, and that was just a real classic Wombats, upbeat pop punk stuff, Uh, including the the opening track of the record, Flip Me Upside Down, it really sets the tone for the record. You'd think, because then things change a little bit, and there's a few tracks on here that I think are just seeing them trying a few new little things. Um, Tiana, I know you love your heavy music. Um, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> yeah. but the, the start of Ready Ready for the High is this has this really great distorted rock riff in there and you sort of going, you sort of go prick up and go, What's this? This is a bit different for the wombats. Mind you, the rest of the song sort of settles down, they got some horns and electronica in it, but it's this great riff at the start, which I just thought, you know, this is something a bit a bit different for the wombat. <laughs> thing for me that feels different about this record and I'm going to put it down to the commas there are four tracks on this record which have commas in them fix yourself then the world of course that's the name of the album but if you ever leave I'm coming with you people don't change people time does work is easy life is hard now I sort of put this down to a bit of the unknown uncertainty of the last couple of years there's a bit of a tinge of sadness in this record maybe even a bit of tiredness Um, and sometimes it feels like the Wombats aren't quite sure where they want to go. And sometimes they're asking the question, you know, what what about the cancel culture? What about fashion trends? What about commercialization? There's there's quite a few lyrics from Murph in here that make me think he's been thinking a lot. You know, he's had some time and maybe he's asking a few more questions rather than just blasting out some poppy rock tunes. Um, And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think there's a few interesting lyrics in there that just sort of caught me by surprise that I wouldn't have expected from the Wombats. Um, Yeah, but still, when it comes down to it, this is a huge album. Festival, it's made for festivals, made for big crowds. We know they're going to be touring around right now. There's those big sing-along moments, you know, the woo-woos and uh, bombastic choruses, hooky lines. Um, And there's still those swaying moments in there, which you can intersperse with the pogo moments. Um, Mm -hmm. So they know what they're doing when it comes to big crowd albums. And, And it's pretty exciting that after 20 years, they can still make excellent albums like this, while many others that were around at the same time might have dropped off.
1: Well, Mick, an impeccable choice as usual to start us off for 2022. We will be hearing from you again throughout the year. And I can only imagine it's going to just get bigger and better. It's just already such a spoiled and stacked year, isn't it?
5: Cannot wait for what's coming in 2022. It is going to be
1: massive. Yes. Well, as with all our featured albums and tracks in today's episode, you can grab a listen to the songs in full fire, the press play mixtape on Spotify. But Mick, thank you for joining us for our first episode for the year.
5: No worries. Thanks, Tiana.
1: And now on Press Play, it is time for our artist feature segment. And now on Press Play, it is artist feature time. And today I am joined by none other than Angus Stone from Dope Lemon to dive a bit deeper into the brand new album, Rose Pink Cadillac, that released on the 7th of January. And in some huge news, as we found out late last week, Rose Pink Cadillac debuted at number two on the Aria albums charts, Angus Stone's third solo album to debut at number two, and he came in second only to The Weeknd's Dawn FM, which took out the top spot. But not to worry, Rose Pink Cadillac also hit number one on the Aria vinyl albums and also the Australian albums charts. We are in third album territory for Dope Lemon, as I mentioned, on Rose Pink Cadillac, with the project continuing to flourish amid 400 million streams from two previous albums in the sun-soaked indie folk realms. And while the journey to this new album's creation and release was lined with months of tireless long nights, some whiskey for good measure and some extensive delays, Here's Angus taking me through the organic flow behind creating Rose Pink Cadillac.
4: Yeah, this record was very much um, walked in, um, sat with the with the guys and the engineer and would start with just kicking back, which is the most important thing. And then um, someone would pick up a bass and then, you know, you'd sort of, you know, put a harmony on it and then... Uh, Guitar, some drums, and sort of make your way around um, different instruments, and then um, singing will come last. And uh, that's when it gets interesting. You sort of start to um, follow the mood of um, of where it takes you, and and then the story comes, and um, you sort of make your way through and for me, that's the sort of the most interesting part of it is the storytelling.
1: With Rose Pink Cadillac split in half between the daytime and the nighttime world of Dope Lemon, the album gains a natural flow and bewitching charm as it progresses. But did Angus always have this plan to split this third release from day one? Yeah,
4: it's that happened um, happened organically. It started. The record started with a lot of love. Um, a lot of love stories um and just little adventures with characters and um and then as it went on it sort of it sort of fell into this um maybe I don't know maybe what was going on in the world had something to do with it with sort of um it got it got darker in shade and um and the mood changed and Um, It's kind of cool like that. So we just went with it. And um, when it came to the artwork, um, I've been working with this guy, um, Tiki, which is, that's his tag. His name's Ken. Um, He's this amazing um, animator. He basically, he does the math on, uh, I guess, a way to describe it is when you're a kid, you know, you um, you draw a stick figure on, on every different page in your book. And it's doing something slightly different, and then you flip the, the edge of the book, and you you have the, the stick figure moving or doing what, what have you. He does that on on um, on discs on um, on vinyl, and part of what I wanted him to do on this record was to have two kitty cats in a Cadillac driving around a road, falling in love with love hearts coming out the exhaust and. The, the tree swaying and um, it starts with them down the beach, which is side A and B, and then nighttime comes, C and D, which is the other side of the vinyl where it's sort of um, the darker tones come into the music and it, it follows the art.
1: And while the lead singles that dropped last year in advance to the release of Rose Pink Cadillac were laden with the familiar lemon charm and already found 30 million streaming fans alone solely for those very same lead singles, Angus's secret favourite track on the album was one that hadn't yet been released to the wild when we spoke.
4: There's a song called Howl with me. Um, it's, it's a tale of, um, of a girl that's raised by wolves um in the forest, and then she gets to an age where she realizes that um she needs to she needs to move on and she she has to run away and um she runs away uh, to the river and she builds a raft, um, and then she she sort of she slips off and um, down the river she meets this big bear named Mo and she sort of, um, she woos him onto the raft with um, a bottle of moonshine and and then they have this sort of, this journey together and it's really beautiful. And then they come to a fork in the road where they either continue or, you know, um, they part ways. And uh, that was really fun um, riding. It was, you know, I, I really like stretching my imagination. Um into these these cool little stories. They're almost like children's books in a way.
1: On Rose Pink Cadillac, we ultimately see Angus Stone continue to explore and sharpen his creative freedom under the Dope Lemon pseudonym. The grooves are pleasant, the vibes are alluring, and there is a clear love for artistic swagger throughout this album. Dope Lemon's new album, Rose Pink Cadillac, is, of course, out right now. You can catch all of the info in our show notes. But for now, here is a snippet of Angus's favourite song, Howl With Me. She got found half a life by a pack of wolves. Remember boys Remember there was Yeah, it seems she became a part of the
4: gang
1: And if you want to grab a listen to that song in full as well as any other artists and songs that we mentioned in today's episode definitely check out the press play mixtape on Spotify you can head to our show notes for a link to learn more but right now let's take a look at some viral pop culture moments in the music world kicking off 2022. As we continue into January and a bit further away from the whole new year, new me kind of thing, for a lot of us this year has started out a bit like Groundhog Day with the ongoing COVID palaver on many doorsteps. But amongst the understandable doom and gloom, we do have a huge year of new music yet to come this year. But proving that local artists have also got the goods to transcend the airwaves, we have also recently been able to see a welcome increase in some Aussie artists being wholeheartedly celebrated on the small screen. And this is most notable recently via the second season of the locally produced and critically acclaimed Stan series Bump. Once again, showcasing the amazing partnership between writer-producer John Edwards and the incredible Claudia Carvin, Bump has been repeatedly praised not just for its dazzling proof that the fragile arts industry can still endure during the COVID pandemic, but also for genuinely looking and sounding like real Australia alongside some confident storytelling. And local music fans have been extremely swift to point out the abundance of local artists on display as well. On the soundtrack alone, we see artists like Nairi, No Money Enterprise, Greta Ray, Maisha, Amy Shark, and of course, a very key scene with Angus Sampson and Claudia Carvin screaming along with Carol by the Peep Temple. I don't wanna be sanctimonious,
4: I don't want be such a negative jerk. but I don't think
1: But it's not just the soundtrack that is boasting locals on Bump, with Eagle Eye fans also sporting a visual array, including an Illy hoodie, an Fresh the Lion poster, a horror show poster, and a Pissed Idiot's shirt for good measure as well. Rebbing Aussie music is always in style, and he's hoping this theme continues into 2022. And speaking of this new year of ours, the musical class of 2022 is absolutely overflowing with ones to watch and anticipated albums. We're seeing a lot of publications already putting their lists out, including NPR, NME, Pitchfork, Music Feeds, pretty much anyone you can think of. For Pitchfork specifically, some of their most anticipated albums do pop up on many of these There's people like Animal Collective, Beach House, Block Party, Cardi B, Danny Brown, Father John Misty, Interpol, Jack White, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo, Spoon, Tears for Fears. Believe it or not, that's not even scratching the surface of that whole list. But closer to home, there's so much new music to look forward to as the Aussie music industry continues to try to shake off the two years that have come before us. And while 2022 may be off to a slightly shaky start, get pumped for this year. There are some new releases on the cards for Coconut Cream, Gang of Youth, Mossy, Baker's Eddie, Daniel Johns, Confidence Man, Northlane, Samper the Great, King Stingray, Camp Cope, Babe Rainbow, so many others we will... Be here all day if I keep listing them, but don't you worry, Press Play will be keeping you every week looped in on what's happening so you can get a bit of everything and potentially maybe fall in love with some new Aussie music as well. Well, who has made your list for most anticipated releases this year? I personally feel spoiled already with what's already out and about, let alone what's to come. But for now, here is a catchy slice of the recent Gang of Youth's track, The Wake of Your Leave, that delighted us all a few weeks back to take us into Press Play's next segment.
4: I was there in the backstage trying, but the words, they never came. And I was available for a statement, but I just hung my head in shame. It felt nothing to me.
0: This summer, catch up on Rewind with Steve Bell. The podcast that reveals how your favorite music is created from the people who created it. Hear oral histories of classic recordings by Silverchair, The Avalanches, Regurgitator, Something for Kate, The Triffids, Daryl Braithwaite, Paul Kelly, and more. And just out now, Steve Bell sits down with Archie Roach to explore the recording of his milestone album, Charcoal Lane. Listen to Rewind with Steve Bell on euphony.com.au or your favorite streaming platform. Rewind your summer.
1: Well, now we welcome back a member of the press play family. And Steve Bell is fresh off releasing two epic new seasons of his podcast, Rewind with Steve Bell. Steve Bell back in Press Playland. How are you?
3: I'm really good, Tiana. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad. I can't believe it's already been a couple of weeks since we last spoke, but I feel like you've been a very busy man, so I'm so glad we can get you back on today.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no rest for the wicked.
1: (laughs) I love it. Well, the kickoff 2022 in musical fashion, what moment in musical history from the week have you got for us today?
3: Well, we all love a bit of rock and roll mythology. 40 years ago today... There was an incident that sort of reverberated through the ages when everyone's favourite UK rocker, Ozzy Osbourne, bit the head off a bat during mm. a show at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Iowa. Everyone, yeah, this is um 40 years since the event. It it stemmed from he'd been in a meeting with record execs a couple of years, ago, a year or so earlier, and he bit the heads off two live doves. And, of course, his fans thought this was the best, so they started pegging stuff at him during concerts. There was a lot of plastic bats and he picked this one up and as soon as he bit its head off he realized that it wasn't plastic it was an off dead bat though uh he had to be rushed to hospital to get tetanus shots and everything he uh didn't have it but like he obviously didn't mind too much because a few years ago um on his official merch store he could buy toy bats with removable heads so i guess the kids can emulate their hero was he
1: Yeah, I remember seeing that, and I was like, "It's, I mean, it's just so on brand for Ozzy at this point." Like, so many people of a like later generation would only really know him for reality TV stints, and he's gone into the NFT world this year as well. I think so. The fact he's got a plush bat with a removal head, like it's perfection. It's Perfect. Yeah. Infamy <laughs> in a, in a stuffed animal.
3: <laughs> and just one other anniversary halfway between that one and today, twenty years ago, Gold Coast Big Day Out happened. It was the Tenth or eleventh sort of a uh, instalment of the big day out. It was on fire at the time. Uh, headliners were the Prodigy, New Order, Garbage, Basement Jacks, System of a Down. But my main memories are seeing the white stripes in a really sparsely crowded side tent, and they were on fire. Uh, we were we, we drove down to Byron Bay the next night and saw them play at the Great Northern with the Datsuns, and that was a really small crowd too. So it was just incredible seeing them in such intimate sort of uh environment that was such a great band they're on fire i think white blood cells have just come out um and also up that big Our peach has put on an amazing frenzy a sex frenzy in one of the side scents um i'm pretty sure that was she'd just done it in store at skinny's where i used to work like earlier that week in the lead in and we tripped along and saw that and it was uh, unforgettable that lady's uh yeah she knows no boundaries but oh, yeah. There were some great Aussie bands too, uh, Regurgitator, something for Cape Magic, uh, uh, The Monarchs. Yeah, it was a killer day as always. So 20 years, it's uh, slightly scary, but that's okay.
1: My memory of that is that I was still in high school and it was the year that I really got into like, whatever you want to call it, quote unquote, alternative music. And I remember my FOMO hit fever pitch because I think Rage was showing some snippets and they interviewed a girl I went to school with and I was just outraged that I was not there. So I've made up for it since, but yeah, that one cannot say I attended, but that was the one where I was like, yeah, next year I will be there. So, and I did.
3: I only missed one. Gold Coast one when I was overseas, but um, I saw a few interstate ones to make up for it. So, yeah, it was a great, great event.
1: Yeah, epic. Belly, I always do love your festival stories and I can't wait to hear another one in the near future. So I'm looking forward to that. But I also know we obviously had a lot of reissues popping up before Christmas, but what have we got on the short-term horizon now that we're in the swing of things for 2022?
3: Yeah, they've started early. Usually January is a little bit barren, but there's quite a lot. Um, Fun Loving Criminals, come find yourself. their debut Album from 96 is getting a belated 25th anniversary reissue. Obviously, that's the record that had Scooby Snakes. It was a massive hit down here in the golden age of rap rock. Um, I remember interviewing the front man, Huey, must have been a couple of years later, and he was telling me how they couldn't get arrested in the States. Like, no one cared about them in America. That's why they were always in the UK and Australia because they had massive fan bases. It's one of those that happens sometimes. Violent Femmes is a bit like that. Mm. Yeah, it was really interesting. I saw them at the big day out a couple of years later in 97. Apparently, one of them got in a big fight with um, Carl from Underworld, a punch-on backstage. So, Ah,
4: That is (laughs) amazing.
3: (laughs) But, yeah, that record's coming out, double LP, heavyweight, coloured vinyl with bonus tracks and stuff. So I'm sure there's still some fans out there. Uh, Slightly more classy, the great Johnny Cash. He's been reissuing a lot of his... um, Records And he's just reissuing the 1983 album, Johnny 99. Um, It's a sort of a high point and a fallow period for the man in black. He wasn't doing so great, but this album, he did some covers. He did uh, a couple of Bruce Springsteen, Nebraska covers, the title track and Highway Patrolman, plus some songs by Guy Clark and George Jones. Um, It was sort of political to a degree. There's a song called God Bless Robert E. Lee, which is pretty controversial now. But it wasn't really. It was more about how he was uh cool for stopping the Civil War and 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 saving lives. You know, it wasn't sort of like getting behind the Confederacy so much. But yeah, it's a really interesting album. It's coming out on clear vinyl, 180 gram audiophile version. So I'm sure a lot of people will love that. A couple other things. Uh the Sex Pistols are putting out another live album. They seem to be Officially releasing all the bootlegs that have been floating around for decades. Um, This one's the Barton on Trent recordings live at the 76 club in 1976. It's been a bootleg on CD for since 78, I reckon. Um, So that's got an official release. And another one that's really exciting for me, the gun club. The amazing band from the eighties to nineties. They dragged sort of blues country and rockabilly into the punk realms. And. They're preaching the blues box that is seven, seven inches from during their career and there's some amazing songs on there and it's all full, um, proper reconstructed artwork and everything. Um, Yeah, such an amazing band and a great body of work. We lost Jeffrey Lee Pierce, the singer, in 96 when he was just 37. Mm. But it's cool that his music's still uh, being shared around out there.
1: Yeah, and, like, seriously, what a stacked start to the year. Like you said, January can be a bit of a ghost town, but, yeah, if that's how we're starting, I'd... Cannot wait to see where we continue to grow. That's an awesome combo. And yeah, I've also got a couple of birthday present ideas already that will sort (laughs) the rest of the year. So a treasure trove as always, Belly. Um, And obviously for all the music fans out there, as I did mention at the start of this segment, we were gifted with not one but two incredible new seasons of Rewind with Steve Bell over the summer, including a three-part oral history covering Paul Kelly's festive anthem, How to Make Gravy, featuring Mr. Paul Kelly and some key players surrounding the track with Belly, of course. And... Equally iconic, Season 9 of Rewind boasts a five-part exploration into the landmark 1990 Archie Roach album, Charcoal Lane. That one's also joined by Paul Kelly and, of course, Archie Roach and a heap of other amazing artists who unpacked that culture-defining album. Belly, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got a lot more to do and there's a lot more Rewind (laughs) goodness in store, but thank you for stopping by and I can't wait to chat to you next week.
3: No worries. Great to see you again.
1: But now on Press Play, it is officially time for Singled Out. And joining me now as always to Helm Press Play singled out segment. Andrew Masters with me once again. Now, Marcy, what singles have we got on the menu today? We are opening up the board just a touch for our first episode back for the year and looking at some that has dropped a bit recently, but also a little bit beyond that, as opposed to strictly just in this week. What are we kicking off with?
2: Yeah, just um there's there's been a slow trickle of new tunes come through. So we've we've looked back at the last couple of weeks to see what's coming through, but Look, we found some gems, and what a start to the year. We've got Emma Donovan and Josh Teske's voices combined for a cover of Archie Roach's Get Back to the Land, a single of his from 2016. Uh, It's actually Josh with the Teske brothers. Um, And importantly, this has Archie's seal of approval. He said this version gave him goosebumps, even adding, and I'm quoting here, to hear one of your own songs that has been taken to another level is really touching I feel so humbled. It's a slow, soulful burner with big, powerful vocals, as you'd expect from this combo. But can I also sing big praises for the beautiful steel guitar work in this, especially at the start of the track? The other news is Teske's have a mind Music ball gig planned for Melbourne this weekend. Hopefully it's going ahead. We'll see. And Emma Donovan and the Putbacks will be supporting. I don't think I'd be too far off to guess they might have this on the set list.
4: When they let go of your hand, you got to get back to the land it will never, ever, ever hurt you.
3: Hey, when you're so cold, friends,
1: no. It would be criminal not to. And I just adore this song so much. And I know it's nice to see it, it, um, Teske Brothers was obviously our last feature album for 2021 with their live album alongside Orchestra Victoria. Here we are back in 2022. I am still drooling over their absolute sonic awesomeness. And there is zero surprise the cover got the green light from Archie Roach. Like what is not to love? Soul, elegance, and also an extremely important narrative underpinning proceedings. And Marcy, there is also a beautiful link here with the latest season of Rewind with Steve Bell, which you yourself actually played a big role in as well.
2: I did. We worked on a an oral history of Archie Roach's seminal classic uh, Charcoal Lane. Uh, that came out on January 1 through the Euphony Network that we belong to. Uh, so, yeah, so if you want to hear more of Archie Roach, it's uh, a five-part season uh, very short episodes, 45-minute episodes, but it's a wonderfully uh, moving story. And uh, i definitely take the time out to have a listen to that. It's probably one of the most important rewinds we've done to date. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: Oh, I can't not. I have secretly listened to it from start to finish, and I'm still <laughs> obsessed with it, so I'm quite biased. <laughs> well, Marcy, what other singles have we got coming up? What's next? Well,
2: another impressive local collab to help kick off 2022. I've already added this one to my list of best songs of the year. Is that too soon? Oh, I, no, that. <laughs> I'm into it. It's Jake Webb, who is Methyl Ethel now, uh, the, the, and, and fellow Australian Stella Donnelly. Now, I often mispronounce her name, so correct me if I get this wrong. Uh, first, some facts. This is Methyl Ethel's first guest vocal, and Donnelly used to play guitar in Methyl Ethel. It's no wonder their voices have melded so organically here. The arrangement has so much going on. The strings, choral style vocals, a slightly funky bass sound, yet it also manages to feel spacious and light. And the artful yet thoughtful lyrics seem to be exploring a blurring line between reality and fiction. I'm loving the stylish black and white vid that Webb directed for this track as well. I must admit to playing it on repeat for some time on the weekend and it still wasn't enough. Got
4: numbers, clear things up for you.
1: Very, very good summary. And I think, you know, I think I was there with you. I don't know if I beat you with the views, but there have been, as you said, so many incredible team-ups of late. This one is no exception. Two WA icons colliding. Sonically for me, proof sounds like a glitter bomb. It just has shuddering instrumentals and sticky vocals, but there is so much going on under the surface too, including some pretty timely direct questioning of what reality actually is as we emerge from some pretty turbulent and eventful years and I don't know if you watched Don't Look Up over the break but somehow I feel like yes. this would have done well on that soundtrack, that's the vibe I got. I,
2: I think it's hard to find someone that didn't watch that over the break but um, I, I think you're right, I, I didn't think of it like that but it is so timely uh, mm. for the lyrical content of this song also oddly timely <laughs> Tears for Fears come back yes. um, and they've dropped a track called Break the Man She's
4: the fire and the falling.
2: Now, last year i saw that this stadium pop duo from the 80s were planning a comeback and i kind of just shrugged it off i liked their early new wave pop and i actually even saw them play their oz tour i think it was back in 1985. Oh let's God. just say that they weren't that great ah. and i pretty pretty much lost interest after that but over the summer break i actually had to listen to the a couple of the new tracks from this which is from what will be their first album in 17 years I was pleasantly surprised when one was an acoustic track not retreading their old sound, which you often find people do with their comebacks. And and now there's this track. It's modern dream pop that sounds more influenced by some of their 80s peers like China Crisis and Prefab Sprout rather than what they were doing with their own sound at the time. It's also got this hook that is now stuck in my head. And I just wonder if they were 40 years younger, would this actually be getting high rotation on Triple J? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think for a lot of people, if you didn't know, this was Tears for Fears. And look, some people may not know who Tears for Fears are. That's right. That's I'm so coming true. to terms with, and that's fine. But it's, I think it's really true. And obviously, it's going to be a huge 2022 for them. What a start to the year, smashing the patriarchy with this song in very gripping fashion. And for me, I've just enjoyed, like, the ambient intro that just evolved into this empowering anthem, basically, with little stylistic flourishes throughout. It's an exciting track with a pretty important message and I think a good little bit of insight into what's going to come from their album, The Tipping Point, due out next month. And fun fact, they're apparently playing with Garbage in May for some US shows, so that gives me time to swim over if I leave. What about now, Mastia? I might have to tap out. You can take the rest of the show.
2: Good luck with that. (laughs) 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 And and the last one's another big band on the comeback trail. We've got Placebo's Try Better next time. Wake up,
4: wake up, try.
2: We were going to hold off talking about Placebo until the album dropped in March, but I maybe got too excited when I heard this, the third track to be previewed from the upcoming album. This is actually the first of the new cuts that's really grabbed me. And it's probably obvious why when you hear it, it sounds like classic Placebo. And I remember now why I thought they were one of the most exciting rock bands of the late 90s. Again, I was lucky enough to see their first Oz tour when they played a sweaty pub to a full house overflowing with Brian Molko clones. You know, he, was, he was born to be an idol for a post-Goth generation, possibly a pre-emo generation. Um, here they are imploring us that we can save the world from an eco-apocalypse, oddly optimistic for them, I think, uh, to a soundscape of direct-to-your-feet rhythm, high-pressure guitar, wailing synth and a sing-along chorus, which reminded me a little bit of James's anthemic sit-down. But mostly I'm here for Molko's unique voice in top form.
1: Absolutely. Like I personally do have so much nostalgic love as so many people do for Placebo and it just all came flooding back the second I heard Try Better Next Time. But it's also, it's a, it's a shift as well. They're not just rehashing the same old stuff, which I love. This new album coming off has been a decade in the making and Try Better Next Time, for lack of a better way to say it, it just made me smile and feel happy. And I know that's horrendously simplistic, but it's also just got the fuzz and the alt-rock glee that I think 2022 really needs. And try to get this song out of your head once you hear it. I dare you. <laughs> well, Master, I think for a lot of us, it's going to be an interesting start to the year. But we've kicked off with some great songs, some great albums, and lots of music to celebrate in this first episode. And as I've mentioned throughout the episode, if anyone out there would like to grab a listen to any of these songs in full, including stuff we mentioned earlier in the episode Check out our Press Play mixtape on Spotify. Head to our show notes or euphony.com.au to check it out. Masty, I will catch you next week. Indeed. Well, that is it from Press Play today. A big thank you to my co-host Andrew Mast for joining me as always and, of course, our resident Rewind and Reissues expert Steve Bell. As I did mention earlier, and Masti, of course, brought it up as well, Belly's acclaimed podcast, Rewind with Steve Bell, currently has two incredible new seasons out for you to devour. Firstly, with a three-part look at Paul Kelly's classic hit, How to Make Gravy, and a five-part exploration into Archie Roach's phenomenal debut full-length album, Charcoal Lane. You can find them right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Thank you, of course, as well to our guest reviewer, the incredible Mick Rad, for joining us and sharing his musical knowledge today. You can also listen to Mick hosting the local music landmark series, The Tuck Shop, on Sydney's 2SER. There's more info in our show notes about that. And last but not least, a big shout-out to Angus Stone from Dote Lemon and his whole team. We did record that chat long before the album was released, but it is so awesome to see Rose Pink Cadillac finally out and about in the world. Head to our show notes to learn more about Dote Lemon and this amazing new album. If your New Year's resolution was to listen to more podcasts or discover some new things, maybe head on over to euphony.com.au. That is our website where you can catch up on all previous episodes of Press Play plus a bunch of other podcasts. I actually also have another podcast on there called The Green Room, which will be kicking off Back in Swing next week. And, of course, we are always looking to get the word out there, spreading our love of music. So if you feel like leaving us a review We wouldn't, you know, obviously want to force you to do anything, but it's always appreciated. Any likes, subscribes, follows, repeated listening, anything at all helps us hold our own in podcast land. And we do always love to hear what you're all thinking. So please don't be shy to get in touch. To catch up on any episodes, as I mentioned, head to euphony.com.au or else check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of the usual streaming services. But for now, that is it from me for today. Love music press play. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.
0: Press Play is a Euphony podcast created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Marst. Assistant producer Henry Gibson, hosted by Tiana Speeder. Recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker. For more information about this episode, go to euphony.com.au. For more Euphony podcasts, visit our website, Spotify, Apple, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.